Welcome to Play Ball with Eddie D. This is our second episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed the first episode. But today we're going to talk about daddy ball. So uh, this is a term actually just came up. Um, as I mentioned before, in my first episode, I'm director of Major League Baseball Youth Academy here in New Orleans. And we have some teams, but it's a term that's been around a while. And we just had an uh, issue come up uh, around this topic. So I thought it would be uh, fitting uh, to discuss daddy ball and basically, you know, how do, how do we address it? And what's the whole idea behind daddy ball? And, um, you know, can it can it hurt a team? Is, is it OK? Um, so we're going to dis- discuss that and uh, should be very interesting to talk about. All right. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. This is Play Ball with Eddie D. And as I mentioned, we're going to discuss daddy ball today. Should be a real interesting topic. Uh, I just want to define daddy ball. A lot of uh, people may be listening really don't uh, know the definition of daddy ball or as it as it's defined, uh, I guess, by the community. But daddy ball is a term that has been used to describe, I guess, when your child's coach has a son or daughter on a, on a team, on the same team, and that parent or coach give their own child more opportunities, playing time, and usually the most popular position on a team, which is kind of what I want to discuss today as it relates to a uh, current uh, event, a current issue that, that came up uh, here on where well, a coach has his son uh, that plays on a team, and he does put him in the most popular position, which uh, at, at, at the youth age, uh, most of the time is, is the shortstop position. So um, this this daddy ball topic has been around and usually it comes out, it's screamed out from parents, other parents. Um, most of the time when the team's not doing well, uh, most of the time when that coach's child is maybe not playing well obviously that's when you can voice your opinion because if the team is winning the the, the kid is doing great is really nothing to talk about even though you may feel internally that there's some favoritism uh regarding playing time or, or position you really don't have a voice because the team's winning or the kid is playing good so normally it comes out when the team is not doing well or the, the 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 parent uh the child of, of the coach is not playing well so um and and it, it gets to be a dicey situation but i just want to throw this back at at you guys daddy ball yeah does it exist yes um is it a, is it a, a a big issue well for me in the day of age of travel ball it's not an issue because if it, really, if you really look at it, the daddy ball deal came. It comes up now because you pretty much can create your own team. So obviously, you know, I don't want to sound like an old guy, but back in my day, but obviously in the past, before the travel ball scene, when you didn't make your team, that was it. When you didn't make the all star team, 
Um, it wasn't, oh, I can go and create my own team so, so I can play. Or it wasn't, I can go create another team so my child can play or he can play with his friends. So it was, hey, you know, you wasn't good enough to make the All-Star team. That's it. You know, you move on to another sport or, um, you know, or, or you just didn't play anymore that season. And uh, I think we've gotten away from that. I mean, I greatly benefited from that. Obviously, you know, I played baseball and wound up going to play professional baseball. But in basketball, you know, I played basketball and I didn't make the all-star team. It wasn't that I can my parents could have went, hey, I'm just going to start a, a basketball team so so I could play. Um, I played in the league, didn't make the all-star basketball team. And that was it. I went on and start preparing for football. And I think I was better for it. So. The daddy ball thing, I mean, in reality, you could say daddy ball, you could say friend ball, you could say community ball, you could say um, social ball, you know, because a lot of these teams, in my opinion, are being formed uh, not just because I want my son or daughter to play, so I'm going to go create a team and coach that team. But I also see is, is, is parents who are friends with each other wanting their kids to play on the same team so they can hang out and socialize and travel and go to play to, in tournaments. So is that fair as well? Is, is that the same thing? Or is it okay because, you know, we all together and we all having fun and it's a social uh, event or as a sh- social time that our parents can have at the same time that our kids are playing and we can control it. So I think it's all centered around the control issue. You know, okay, I have a, I have my son or daughter. I can go coach his team and I can kind of control that situation to make sure he or she plays or he or she gets a fair shot. And in turn, is that will you be instances where it shows favoritism to other kids? Probably so. But I think that breeds for daddy ball, that breeds for show, social ball, uh, that breeds for friend ball, or however you want to call it. And I think that's something that's that comes with the territory when you have a market that allows you to, okay, I can go take my ball and go play somewhere else, or I have the money, I can go pay to play somewhere else, and I don't like it here, but where does it stop? So, um, you know, we'll talk about that in the next segment of this show. You know, where does it stop, or, you know, is it not, are we overreacting to it? So we'll talk about that in the next segment. Hope you enjoy. Play ball with Eddie D. Welcome back to Play Ball with Eddie D. Uh, this is the uh, second segment, actually our third segment, uh, where we're going to talk about kind of the pros and cons of daddy ball. In the last segment, we defined daddy ball and kind of talked about it, gave you some examples of of how daddy ball works. Um, this segment, we're going to talk about pros and cons. I mean, are they really pros and cons? Uh, I guess uh, they can be. Um, if you want to talk about daddy ball and, and the pros of daddy ball, some of the, the positive things is that, I guess, as a parent or as a coach, um, you have the ability to, if you can afford it, kind of pay to play. 
um, pay to get your t- your child or, on a team, and uh, you can pay to get on a team that that can that he he or she can play in a particular uh, position. Um, you can go start your own team. So I guess with the travel ball environment um, and quote unquote daddy ball, or you know, I, I also threw in on that last segment, social ball, friend ball. However you want to describe it, it's not just daddy ball because, I, as I mentioned before, I've seen teams comprised of parents who are friends. And they wanted their child, their children to play together, so they create teams. Um, you have teams being created by kids that go to the same school for whatever reason. It might be for logistics and things like that, which makes sense as a parent. You know, um, you have teams being created um for quote unquote daddy ball. So, hey, my child can play this position. Your child can play that position. We can control it. We can create our own team and go play. We have the funds or go fundraise and have the means. And and, and it's all good. Um, so I, I guess the pro from that side, um, talking to a few of the parents is that, hey, my child can benefit from playing. He could benefit from the experience of potentially winning a tournament uh they call it trophy chasing uh playing tournaments so that your team can potentially win to say hey we won something um the old adage uh sixth place eighth place tenth place trophies which you know personally I'm, I'm not a fan of uh but you do have that option you do have that power um you know, your child can kind of relive and, and I would say live and benefit from everything that comes with team sports, which could be a positive thing. Now, the kind of, of it is, is that, um, you know, these parents has a false belief on their kids ability and put a lot of pressure on these kids and make them make them think that they're better than what they are. Teams are made to to feel like they better than really what they are ability wise. And all this can come back to backfire at a later time in their life or in uh, their player development. So for all the positives that a parent or playing daddy ball can maybe give the kid at a younger age, if that kid now starts to believe or the parent in particular starts to believe that their kid is better than really what they are, because A, they're probably playing subpar talent, you know, i.e. The, the industry, you know, they say is all watered down, which it, which it is, because I guess when you can go create team after team after team and you allow the marketplace to be supply and demand, which is, it could be a good thing. Um, now you have a lot of teams that uh, may not be as good. A lot of leagues is not as good and the talent is watered down It's it's more talent, but it's harder to find, which is a whole nother, another show that we can talk about. But um, so that, that would be the negative. So, you know, you go into this daddy ball, you want to give your kid a positive experience, treating him, uh, giving uh, preferential treatment on the team or not, you know, in, in the coach's eyes. But it happens. And you move forward, now the kid goes to high school and he thinks, hey, he's been playing this travel ball team and he hit 400, 500, he, he hit all these home runs and then they don't make the high school team. And now the parent is upset, angered, indignant, 
um, saying that, hey, how could he not make this high school team when my child's been on the travel ball circuit and he hit all these home runs, he scored, pitched all these innings, had all these strikeouts, and they can't believe it. The parent cannot believe it. So that's when it comes crashing down and it backfires with the kid um, when he realized that he's not as good as he thinks he or she is or the parent thinks he or she is. And emotionally, it could be um, uh, a real negative for the kid moving forward. So um, I'd like to hear your questions on Daddy Ball. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit on how to address it. You know, me personally having experience, I coached my son. I really didn't want to coach my son um, just for that reason. I wanted to be a fan. I didn't want to be kind of emotionally tied during a game. And having those mixed feelings, okay, you know, that's my son. and had to really departmentalize. But, of course, having a professional experience, I kind of was pushed into it uh, when they really didn't have any other coaches that had, the, I guess, the time or the expertise to coach the team effectively. So, and I thought I handled it very well. Uh, I made it a point to um, make sure that, you know, he wasn't, in those popular positions, I'll put them in positions. I'll really rotate it around. So it, it definitely takes a lot of uh, planning, a lot of communication with the parents because you know that's the first thing that they're going to look for. Um, but I, I will say that moving forward, you know, if I had an organization and even in this organization, uh, we would try to, you know, maybe set a rule or a policy that no parent could coach his kid. And I know that's around in several leagues just for that reason. So that kind of eliminates the whole notion or the, the pre uh, preconception of, hey, you know, okay, his child's on a team. He's going to play shortstop. He's going to get preferential treatment. So you come in already with that thought. Most parents come in with that thought. And really, for, in their eyes, is justified when the kid is still playing and he not, he's not performing well or the team is not performing well and he's still playing a particular position. So that's when it's normally get hurt. So um, the daddy ball deal is usually met with, okay, I'm mad. I'm going to go take my ball and go play somewhere else. So, hey, your son shouldn't be playing that position. He's not that good. No other kid is playing that position. You're giving him special treatment. So, hey, either you're going to change or we out. You know, and what happens, you get what I call is a lot of jumpers. You know, so it's kind of like, okay, if I don't like the situation, I'm going to take my ball and leave and I'll take my money and leave. I'll go find another organization that I can have the control. I can have the say. I pay my money. I have a voice. And usually that's what the, that's what happens in a travel ball environment is you feel empowered because, hey, I paid my thousand dollar budget or two thousand dollar budget. In some cases, five, ten thousand dollar budget. And if I pay this money by dawn, my child's going to play. I'm going to have a voice. I'm going to have a say. So this, in my eyes, it could be real destructive um, for the kid. Um, also for his development. And, um, and I think we've seen the back end of that um, on a, at a higher level of the watered-down talent of kids not having a, a specific skill set uh, to separate themselves. Um, 
and you seeing other kids come in from other countries that have that skill set and they start to dominate the game uh, because they are learning uh, different. Uh, they're learning a skill set that they're not teaching or that you can really effectively learn just by playing games and travel ball setting. Um, so that that could be one example. Great example could be bunting. Um, it could be situational uh, hitting. It could be things that's not really conducive to a weekend travel ball tournament, whereas the the biggest kid, the strongest kid, the hardest thrower usually dominates in that setting. But over a season um, and over, uh, uh, I should say, when you make that transition from the small field to a big field, the spacing, the angles, um, those are things that can hinder a kid once he gets to high school if he's just used to playing these weekend tournaments on that small field. So, um, you know, that's that's just one thing to kind of think about. Uh, parents, I'll, I'll throw this back at you. Uh, once again, ask any questions that you may have regarding daddy ball, what to do about it. Um, yeah, if you feel like your kid is getting treated, uh, mistreated, uh, definitely voice, you know, voice your concerns. Uh, put that coach, uh, that daddy, quote unquote daddy on notice. Let them know. Uh, obviously, if you're playing in that supply and demand market of travel ball, you do have the right to pick up and leave and find a team that your child can play. Um, like I said, if you have the, the right goals for your kid, if you just want him to participate, have fun, you know, and enjoy the experience without the the the, the, the strings attached where oh, I'm trying to make a professional player, more power to you. Then you can get a lot of good out of it. But if you're putting the pressure on your kid and thinking he's going to be the next Mike Trout and you're really putting that pressure and he's playing on these teams or this double-A team or lower-caliber teams and you're having a lot of success and you really believe that you know he could be the next Mike Trout and he's not playing against the top competition or really have the, the athleticism or the natural ability to compete at the higher, highest level for his age group, then I think you're really setting the kid up for failure. So um, that's this episode on Daddy Ball. I know we kind of touched on it, uh, but I just had to get get this Daddy Ball uh, off my chest today and, and make it the second episode of Play Ball uh, with Eddie D. And as I mentioned, as you post your questions, uh, we, we will come back to this because uh, there's definitely more to talk about. And we'll start having some callers in as we move forward uh, with the podcast. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Once again, this is Play Ball with Eddie D. Enjoy your day.